Hello and welcome to Best Comics Ever by Comic Book Herald. I'm your host, Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. And on today's episode, we will be talking about new comics, new full story arcs added to Marvel Unlimited, the month of October to date. So these will be the comics that have been added the first three weeks of October that complete or round out uh, entire story arcs that you can now enjoy in their, um, as they were meant to be told, as full stories. So this this selection here, this first half of October, is insanely good. It rounds out some Marvel Legacy era titles like uh, Thanos, written by Donny Cates with art by Jeff Shaw, that have really made the rounds of some of the most popular and biggest Marvel comics of the last three years or so. So I'll be talking about those. I'll be ranking them. I'm going to get right into it. But first, I do want to thank our mysterious benefactors on Patreon.com. These are the people who went to Patreon.com slash Comic Book Herald and donated to in the mysterious benefactor tier in order to support Comic Book Herald initiatives. So this helps us um, sort of fund hosting and podcasting endeavors and to keep the site up and running. One big thing I've been able to do so far in 2018 is I've added at least one new reading order guide per week, and that is largely in part due to the support that I've been getting on Patreon throughout the year. So it's it's immensely encouraging, and it really helps me um, keep Comic Book Herald up and strong. So I want to thank today two mysterious benefactors. We're going to thank James Schofield. Thank you, James, for your mysterious benefactor support on Patreon, and Robert Mickelson. Thank you, Robert, for all your support of Comic Book Herald. With that said, let's get right into it. These are my favorite, uh, or in order of my favorite, these are all the comics that have been added to Marvel Unlimited that round out complete story arcs. And I should point out here, these are all really good. It's very, I don't think I've done one of these yet where I've really enjoyed I mean, seriously, would recommend every story I'm going to talk about. I've got seven here that I'll be discussing, and I would recommend you check out all seven. So the first one to talk about is Black Bolt. This is all 12 issues of this um, kind of. It was an ongoing, but it really it's a mini, you know, kind of a maxi series uh, in in actuality, written by Saladin Ahmed with art by the amazing Christian Ward. And I would not necessarily have expected that a Black Bolt comic would be anywhere near this good. I mean, I actually think that's a big part of its appeal and charm is that, you know, this Black Bolt comic started coming out as the ABC Marvel's Inhumans was being released. And that show obviously was such a train wreck. It was a train wreck to the point where it's almost, you know, it's been less than a year. And it's it's this thing that people just don't talk about, right? It's almost too, it's almost gauche to even mention that this thing happened. And Black Bolt was coming out, you know, kind of in conjunction with that. Although, fortunately, it is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, the series kicks off with Black Bolt. He is brought to this cosmic prison that sort of nobody quite knows where it is it's an inhumans thing from ancient times where they brought you know their worst prisoners and it's got this cosmic jailer who we learn in the first issue is more than a match for black bolt and the collected prisoners 
and uh, we find you know there's a whole cast of characters that Black Bolt meets in the prison, including the Absorbing Man, is probably the most well known of the characters, longtime villain who debuted in the pages of Thor's way back when in the 60s when he was imbued with godlike powers by the god of mischief Loki. So it's this series, it just on paper, it could be this weird mess, and it's so good. It's 12 of the best issues Marvel has released again in the past three years. Uh, it, it looks amazing. If you haven't experienced Christian Ward's artistic style, he's got this explosion of color and sort of these painterly quality to his work. It is truly, truly amazing stuff just to look at. And then Salad Ahmed uh, came in, I think this is his first comics writing work, and he brought sort of a poetic sensibility. Um, he brought taking on themes of, you know, what does it mean to be jailed? What does it mean to be part of the prison complex? And again, you know, specifically here for Black Belt, someone who was a king, was of power. So this series, even if you have been kind of out on the Inhumans, and they've had a bad run in mainstream media of late, this is one to check out. Uh, it does not require a ton of Inhumans continuity to enjoy either. I highly, highly recommend all 12 issues. The next series to look at um, is Moon Knight, issues 188 to 193. This is the story arc titled Crazy Runs in the Family, and it was written by Max Bemis. Uh, I didn't have a lot of familiarity with, with Bemis. He is of Say Anything fame, a former rocker uh, in the vein of Gerard Way, kind of the punk emo rock scene coming into comics. And his writing style has really impressed me. Um, he wrote a miniseries called Worst X-Man Ever. Uh, at least I, I believe that's right. It was five issues. And uh, it, that was a really, really good miniseries if you need some kind of weird, offbeaten X-Men comics to check out. But Moon Knight even ups the game from there. So again, this is taking over in the wake of the Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood run, which went for, I think, 14 issues and dealt with sort of Moon Knight's mental um, mental instability in a way of, you know, putting him in an asylum, but then you don't know what's real, you don't know what's not. Uh, it kind of took some inspiration, I would say, from a show like Mr. Robot, where you just don't know if what you're seeing is really happening or if it's happening the way that the point of view character sees it. And again, that Lemire Smallwood run sets the bar very high. Moon Knight in particular is a character who over the last six years or so has become kind of a creative showcase. Uh, it really starts with the Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey arc of six issues of relatively standalone single, um, each, each issue kind of containing a relatively standalone story. And those are some of my favorite comics of the decade. Uh, this Moon Knight series, you know, launches in the wake of that. So it's it's got a high bar set for the character who, again, is kind of a, you know, kind of a C-list character in the sense of, um, you know, just mainstream popularity or anything like that. And Crazy Runs in the Family is so good. It is, it blew me away how good this series was. You know, I expected mid-tier at best, and it's one of my favorite Marvel Legacy era comics. Uh, they, Bemis and the creative team, they play with the form, they play with storytelling style. I mean, the first issue of their arc barely has Moon Knight in it at all. I mean, you can make a case he, he really is not a focus of it even a little bit. And it kind of, you know, it's got a Watchmen inspiration in the sense of a psychologist, you know, kind of a psychologist focus issue. Uh, you think back to the conversation with Rorschach, you know, but it's it's not conversations with Moon Knight. It's a conversation with the character who's going to become Moon Knight's new villain for the arc. 
And man, I just, this it plays with the form. It plays with narrative styling so much in really compelling ways. The action there is fantastic. Um, you get Moon Knight's personalities kind of being used as weapons. So he's kind of looking at, you know, basically, okay, I've got this multiple personality disorder. How do I use that in a way that is beneficial to me? So turning the the disability into something that is actually to his benefit. Uh, the book is smart. It's funny. In, in surprising ways, I just, I can't speak highly enough of Crazy Runs in the Family. I would say it helps to know a bit about Moon Knight, definitely. I mean, I think, I don't know that it's a, it's a perfect entry point, but it's pretty good, honestly. It explains a lot of what to expect. I mean, as long as you know that there are different aspects to Moon Knight's, you know, secret identity, right? That he is not just Mark Spector, but he is, he has different names, you know, he's got different people that he, you know, characters that he inhabits. Uh, it's, it's, might be actually a decent place to start. So that's Moon Knight number 188 to number 193. Definitely give that one a read, um, even if you've been on the fence about the character. The next one on my list, then, and, and this is where it gets tougher to rank. I would say the next four or five really you know you could jumble any of these and i'd probably be okay with it um i'll figure it out when i do them on the the best comics of all time list you know exactly where i want them to go but the next one i'm going to talk about is jessica jones and this is issues number 13 to number 18 it is the final story arc it's the return of the purple man final story arc written by brian michael bendis uh the the jessica jones creator alongside um the artist whose name I am embarrassingly blanking on. I want to say David Mack because he did the covers. That's not right. Howard Gatos, right? Michael Gatos? It's a Gatos. I'm confident of that. Wow. Embarrassing moment of faux pas that I'm not going to bother to edit out. Jessica Jones, number 13 to 18, Return of the Purple Man. It's everything you'd want a Return of the Purple Man story to be. It is that good. Um, I think Brian Michael Mendes has been you know, the, the biggest creator at Marvel for since the start of the 2000s, right? He had an 18-year run at Marvel where he launched Ultimate Spider-Man. He took over the new Avengers. I mean, he was, he was the guy who was, you know, architecting Marvel for years and years and years. And I think probably in the 2010s, you know, his reputation took a hit because he was he was writing a ton of books he was writing x-men he was writing guardians of the galaxy and i think especially in that marvel now era you know his x-men and his guardians they're far from his best work i for me they aren't particularly good i think his x-men is interesting at times and has some good moments his guardians i really don't like at all um i would not really recommend it so i think marvel readers could become wary of his stylings and and of his you know his writing, but he, towards the end, post-Secret Wars, he came in with series like Infamous Iron Man, where Doctor Doom is sort of inhabiting the heroic persona of the Marvel Universe Iron Man. Um, he was writing Ironheart, and then he came back and brought Jessica Jones back. And of course, all of this is to say, you know, he's writing and and created um, or co-created Miles Morales Spider-Man during this time period as well. So I don't want to overstate, you know, the, a drop in his in his fastball here he was still 
you know, a premier creator during this time. Again, Miles Morales is some of the best comics of the decade. So he's got that to his belt. But Jessica Jones comes back, and I wasn't totally sure what to expect. You know, it's it's kind of was clearly in line with the popularity that the character enjoyed per Marvel Netflix. Um, I wasn't sure if the comic could really measure up to her original alias, Marvel Max series, which came out in the early parts of the 2000s, which are some of my favorite comics of all time, not just favorite Marvel comics. I mean, those are close to my top 50 on the best comics of all time list. Uh, the Jessica Jones series is really good, and I would say issues 13 to 18, again, Return of the Purple Man, are the best of the bunch. Um, they deal with, as you'd expect, you know, the Purple Man's back in town, Jessica freaked out as you would be when this person who manipulated and harassed your life for for years and and in ways that are unimaginable comes back and uh you know it's about her trying to lean on her support system and you know she's uh she's married now to luke cage and she has a daughter and you know she's got she's got things she cares about in a way that she didn't the first time the pro man answered her life so dealing with you know what does it mean for him to be back and dealing with that i would say if you've seen jessica jones season one um, honestly, you have the context for, for what it means for the Purple Man to be back in, in this world. And Bendis writes him very intriguingly. Um, I would say it's in the David Tennant vein where he's he's this arrogant, sadistic, you know, he is a monster, but he's also got this weird sense of humor almost. Um, you know, he's his inability to see what what Jessica sees in humanity is, is almost funny at times. Um, and he's also got a slight vulnerability when it comes to Jessica, where he wants her to help him understand how to live in this world. You know, he feels put upon in that he can't talk to people. He's not a person, he says. He repeatedly asks, am I God? And it's, you know, it's like, no, you're a small evil man. But it's it's a question that he's asking, and it's it's interesting to consider how Jessica responds to him. So that's Jessica Jones, number 13 to number 18, The Return of the Purple Man. It marks the conclusion of Brian Michael Bendis' time at Marvel, which I am on record as saying as a whole is great. Uh, he was really, really great for Marvel. Um, I know there are tons of comic book readers who would disagree. I will stand for that. Brian Michael Bendis did excellent work at Marvel, and the Marvel Universe is a better place uh, for the works that he has produced during this time. It's a big part, frankly, of why I like Marvel Comics so much. So he left for DC. He's doing Superman now. You can check out his final arc on Jessica Jones here um, before she will finally be be handed off in the hands of other creators uh, who will get a chance to write this great character, including uh, Kelly Thompson, fantastic writer who is doing some work on Jessica Jones at present. So the next story that we have, actually, I'm going to do two at once because I've talked about both of these on the best comics of all time list. We've got Thanos, the Infinity Siblings, the graphic novel by Jim Starlin, Thanos creator, and artist Alan, Alan Davis, and uh, Thanos Wins. So that's Thanos issues number 13 to 18, and that's the series written by uh, rising superstar Donna Cates. So these are both very good Thanos comics. Thanos Wins you know, is definitely one of the most popular Marvel Comics of the last um, several years, you know, kind of on the heels of Avengers Infinity War. Thanos' hype had never been higher, and then they came in hot with this future-flung story about Thanos fighting a future version of himself. The weird the weird thing about these stories is they kind of both do very similar things. Um, it was a big part of the reason, and there was some 
you know, news about this, that Jim Starlin was actually quite upset about how similar these stories are. Now, having read them both, um, they're quite different, I, I think, in their own ways. Yes, they draw from similar premises. Yes, I can see why Starlin would be mad um, that that editorial didn't necessarily do anything about that, or at least, you know, say to the others that what was happening. But, uh, but honestly, I mean, a Jim Starlin written Thanos and anyone else is going to come across pretty differently. So for me, I like Infinity Siblings probably a little bit more than Thanos wins, but that's a very personal, um, you know, not objective ranking based on the fact that I love Jim Starlin's take on Thanos anytime he's willing to give it, you know, ever since he's been doing it in the mid-1970s. Uh, they have been some of my favorite comics of all time. So, you know, Thanos wins is good. I think um, it does... It does some really fun things that are going to be more fun for most modern comics readers. But if you have the history of Thanos in your pocket and you've done the complete Thanos reading order on comicbookherald.com, then I highly recommend Infinity Siblings, which continues um, the, you know, Jim Starlin has returned to Thanos for, he did a trilogy of of Thanos original graphic novels and Infinity Siblings is the second part in the second trilogy that he'll be doing this decade, which, you know, by all accounts, given the relationship with Marvel, will be the final. So you've got two really good Thanos reads there, Thanos the Infinity Siblings and Thanos Wins. I would say Thanos Wins, you can pick up uh, issues number 13 to 18. You can read those without really any context or any background. You just need to know a little bit about who the character is. Um, the Infinity Siblings, you'll want to have read the uh, the other Starlin-written graphic novels. So you can find those, again, on the complete Thanos reading order on comicbookherald.com. Um, and I would recommend, you know, checking out all those comics, but definitely read those graphic novels if you're interested. That brings us to Daredevil, and these are issues number 595 to 600, and this is the Mayor Fisk uh, Marvel Legacy arc. So this is written by Charles Soule, who's been on Daredevil for quite some time. You've got art in there by Ron Garney, and it's uh, Mayor Fisk is very good. Uh, it's a smart, interesting comic. It takes on... I mean, really, it's it's a very clear modern parallel to the political climate of the United States at the moment. You know, you've got this professed criminal, um, known criminal, and he doesn't really hide his background. He doesn't really hide his baggage. But all of a sudden, he comes in like a wrecking ball and wins the um, wins. You know, being mayor of New York City, and that's Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin. So it's obviously just drawing on the idea of this complete how did this how did this happen you know with this person being uh in in an elective office and uh it doesn't spend too much time on dealing with the how of it which i really appreciate you know the story arc basically is just daredevil was in japan dealing with ninja hand stuff and uh he comes back and uh, look at this kingpin's mayor so they, fine sure let's go from there and they do and it deals with you know what new york city would look like what it would look like to be a vigilante in a new york run by the kingpin of crime or the former kingpin of crime if you were to believe his his claims so again it's very good daredevil stuff i mean i i love any daredevil versus kingpin arc you know really since frank miller um, brought him in as the, the primary Daredevil antagonist in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, if you've been reading the Soul Run, this one's going to pay off more as there's a lot of good connections to supporting characters. Muse comes back as this sort of, uh, what does he call him, the murder artist. You know, he's a, he's a serial killer for art. 
and it's uh, it sounds really corny, but it actually comes across as you know, pretty creepy and, and oddly effective. Um, he reminds me a lot of Bloom, the villain who uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo created in the Jim Gordon era Batman, in their new 52 Batman. Um, it's kind of just this weird, quirky, you know, oddly likable, monstrous villain. And uh, yeah, Daredevil 595 to 600 is good, good stuff. So I recommend checking that out. It's particularly prescient in today's climate. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the, you know, the mayorship of Wilson Fisk plays out. I did, while reading it, have to think that I would have loved if the Defenders, um, Marvel Netflix Defenders, had taken on a story arc like this. You know, Daredevil essentially brings the whole band together of Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and then, of course, the other Marvel Comics players who have not yet been in Marvel Netflix, uh, people like Echo and, and of course, Spider-Man, um, you know, kind of the street-level Defenders, Moon Knight's in there, and they they need to take down King... Uh, Kingpin is mayor and figure out how to do that because it can't it's not something that can be solved by beating people up uh, which is you know their their typical MO so it's good stuff check it out and then that brings us to the final story arc that is complete in Marvel Unlimited this period it is Black Panther and this is the run written by Ta-Nehisi Coates this is his first Marvel Legacy arc uh, and it's issues number 166 to 171. So I'm pretty firmly on record as loving the Coates era of Black Panther. I think a lot of people find it, um, I don't know, boring's been used to describe, I think, his early start. You know, like it, it took some time to get going. I actually don't find that to be the case really at all. I think it's extremely smart, deals with the politics of Wakanda and what it would mean to be a king and what it would mean to invite democracy into a monarchy. And then, of course, all the Black Panther stuff that goes along with that. Um, it's fantastic. The legacy era issues are not the best of the run. I think, you know, it's dealing with this villainous cabal that has come together, um, over the course of the last few issues where you have Claw, you know, as the primary antagonist here, working with the likes of Dr. Faustus and Ezekiel Stain and others, um, including some, some of, uh, Wakanda's own. And it's, it's good. It's again, I think kind of a downturn. Um, for where the series had been. I'm really excited to see where it takes off post-Legacy in the Marvel Fresh Start era because I know there's some, you know, you've got these kind of teases of a Wakanda in space and it's teasing this whole mythology of, you know, gods and, and mystical beings that have been around and kind of, um, you know, and kind of inhabiting Wakanda for years. So that's Black Panther number 166 to number 171. Again, read the whole thing. I do not jump in with issue number 166. It will not make a lick of sense. Uh, you'll have to have read. I think it's going to be Black Panther 1 to, uh, I'm going to say 16. I could be off on that concluding number there. But again, it's the arc starting with codes. I think it starts in either 2015 or 2016. And, uh, you know, this is the Marvel Legacy continuation of that. So the fact that I'm ranking that, um, you know, last among these complete arcs, I think, again, speaks to the quality of what has concluded here in Marvel Unlimited. Um, I know Marvel, you know, they've been getting hammered for, for years now for a lot of mistakes and a lot of, you know, getting hammered rightfully in a lot of cases. I think they've done some really dumb things. Um, but one thing that's been getting questioned is, you know, the quality of the comics and are they any good? And I think when you look at, you know, they've got three weeks here of adding comics to Marvel Unlimited and the, the comics that I just ran through, you know, Black Bolt Story, Moon Knight, Jessica Jones, Thanos, Daredevil, Black Panther, these are great. I mean, these are really good. And, you know, it's not just by comparison to what else is coming out at the moment. These are just good superhero comics. I mean, Black Bolt is, is an all-timer. 
right? This is like this Moon Knight arc is extremely smart. So I, I think there's really good stuff in Marvel Comics if you know where to look for it. Um, again, you know, you'll note in that, I mean, the highest profile character, maybe Thanos now, post-Avengers, but otherwise it would be Daredevil, um, a Black Panther, right? They've, they've, you know, they got mainstream media attention, but, you know, we're not looking at a Captain America. We're not looking at a Spider-Man, right, or a Hulk. So I think it, it comes from areas that aren't necessarily the traditional, um, you know, backbone of Marvel, but they're fantastic comics. I, I really recommend you check out some of these. And, uh, yeah, and that's where, I, that's where I stand on this week's issue. So we've got, for the remainder of the year, we've got two weeks left in October of releases. That'll give us full story arcs. Um, I've actually got this catalog here. It'll be Tales of Suspense, Matthew Rosenberg written, uh, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier team up as they try to deal with the fallout of um, a Black Widow, uh, what happened to her in Secret Empire, and uh, also No Surrender, the Avengers weekly series that ran for, I think, 15 issues will be complete, as well as Mighty Thor number 700 to number 706. So we've got some good stuff coming in the next two weeks that I'm really excited to read and talk about, too. So subscribe, as always. You know, you're listening here to Comic Book Herald's Best Comics Ever. Uh, give it a subscribe if you like hearing about these comics, if you want to hear more. Um, you know, as I rank them on the best comics of all time list, and as I talk a little bit about the upcoming initiatives we've got in 2019, including the return of my Marvelous Year, where we'll be going through every single Marvel comic released from 1961 to present day, which I'm really excited about to get kicked off in earnest. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, you can go to compacherald.com for more of my writing. You can go to patreon.com slash compacherald to see how to support the site. Uh, everything here is done by Dave Busing. That's me. Music written and produced by Anthony Weiss, Anthony, W-E-I-S.com for more of his music. And as always, enjoy the comics.